0: Welcome everybody to the latest edition of We Talk Photo. I'm one of your hosts, John Peterson, and with me, as always, is Mr. Jack Graham. Hey, Jack.
1: Good morning, everybody. How you doing? Good. Why uh, don't I ask how you're doing? None of them can respond.
0: Well, maybe they could send us an email.
1: Well, I guess, but you know, it's it's like on a message thing. You know, somebody's message.
0: (laughs) Exactly. They say,
1: "Hey, it's Jack Graham. How you doing?" like the met like the like the voicemails gonna come back and say uh, John Smith is doing very well today hey,
0: pretty soon Alexa will be able to respond for you
1: don't say that there's twelve of them in this house
0: I know and they're all listening to you so be they careful are. they are be careful so how's uh how's the world up in Seattle we got a big winter storm moving in right now
1: oh it's in we have about an inch of snow on the ground here and if I get Done in the office here today. I might even take a ride up toward the mountain. They got about uh, 20 feet stomp there right now. Wow. It's crazy. We're yeah. Moving in.
0: Yeah, we're supposed to get one to three inches down here in a couple of days, which is a, a good thing for the Portland area. It shuts everybody up and calms everybody yeah, we, down. And... We
1: need the water. We yes, need the...
0: and we need the water. So yep. today is a wonderful day. We have a great guest for you all to listen to. Um, highly entertaining, funny, talented 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 photographer yep. and a master of the sky he's the he's the man that puts all of the contrails in your pictures when you're out <laughs> shooting landscape this is the person responsible for
2: all the you're contrails. welcome well,
0: mr well. miles morgan
2: hey miles yes, i am, i am happy to burn dinosaurs to ruin your photos that's <laughs> uh
1: nothing hey, makes me happier so so miles you know just I know you wouldn't do it, but I know My- – Miles is a uh, airplane pilot for everybody. Airline know pilot, that.
0: to be more specific. And, and,
1: yes, and that's why we made allusions to contrails. So um, I, I, one time Miles was going to do a book called Contrails over the National Parks, but um, <laughs> I decided not to. But, you know, I, I mean, is there a little switch there, you know, that just says turn on the contrail? I like, the tripods yeah. down there? I'm, absolutely, I'm sure if there was,
2: nothing makes me happier than ruining somebody else's photograph if I'm not out shooting.
1: Exactly. If, you probably looked down and said, I wish I was there. Well, I'll, yeah. I'll fix them. Yeah. I'm not happy until you're not happy. It's, it's amazing you know that That's saying. I'm saying line, that. Yeah. You said that for years. Oh, yeah. Oh, My yeah. company's good. Well good it's a wonderful uh thing that you're here um I've been a, a really admire of Miles's work for many 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 years and uh and you know it's it's just a, it's just some of the most basic photography around um, I it's a dumb question but what do you do that makes your stuff stand is there is there like a formula for you or is there something i mean it, i mean your stuff is just so good is it i don't know, you know it's not over processed it's just great
2: well at, at, first of all it's way too kind of you to say um i feel like i should be sending you money soon no, you can do that uh, so at the at the end of this let you know we'll talk yeah. after and i'll I'll, yes. uh, I'll reimburse you for this yes. but um It's an interesting thing. I I got my start, uh, just over a decade ago. I was looking for a hobby and I I was flying a lot and not doing a whole lot on the side. And I finally got to the point in my career where I had a little bit of free time and I thought I need to go out and do something. And I had moved to Portland and I just thought, well, my dad was a professional photographer. Um, so I thought, well, I'll, I'll try photography. So I tried to do the portrait thing and I bought a couple of lights and I set them up and I, sat my neighbor down in front of the camera, and I said, okay, you know, do something. And he just kind of looked at me and said, well, what do you want me to do? And I said, well, I, I don't know, You whatever you're supposed to do. And he said, I, I don't know what that is. So I got a little bit nervous, and I looked into the flash, and I flashed myself in the face, and that was the end of the, my portrait photography. So I thought, well, uh, what, what's, what else is there? And I happened across a book that on the cover was a photograph by Mark Adamus, and a great shot in the Alvar Desert of this huge lenticular cloud caught with light, and I thought, man, that's, that's spectacular. I wonder if I could do something like that. And first of all, the answer is no, I can't, much as I've tried for the last decade. Uh, but I took a workshop up here in the Northwest uh, with a couple of uh, Northwest photographers, Adrian put- Klein and Kevin McNeil. Oh, put- Mm-hmm. yeah oh, yep yep and yep. uh great great guys and i actually took two workshops with them and uh that kind of i just was hooked i mean i meet, we went into the gorge and i was seeing i'd lived in portland for quite some time i'd never i'd never been to the gorge and all of a sudden this playground kind of unfolded in front of me yep so i got really hooked at that point and then i got fortuitously hooked up with uh, a gentleman called ryan dyer who's a Yep, national landscape photographer up in the Seattle area now. Yep, and he, for whatever reason, I mean, we're it's it's odd, really, the odd couple with he and I. But uh, we've become, I mean, he's one of my absolute best friends in the world, and I I just was very lucky to have him mentor me and show me the ropes. And he is an absolute master at Photoshop, and he he applies a very painterly feel to his images, uh, which are i think heightened reality is sort of how i would call it and so i sort of adopted that uh, early on but i found myself in the last few years going the other direction a little bit and, and trying to apply a little less a little less of a heavy hand i mean you know 2000 uh Nine and ten, I was way oversaturating everything, and I look back now. At a, if I look at images I processed then, I just want to vomit. Oh yeah, uh, way too much of everything, just too much. And so, in the last few years, I found myself sort of backing backing down, and I it's I I, I apply Photoshop to my images quite liberally, and the, and I like to enhance the colors that are there and the the atmosphere that's there and I still like to kind of create light in Photoshop to a small degree, but, but much less so. And I, I that's the direction that I find myself going And I don't really know why it just feels more pleasing to me at this point.
1: That, that's what I appreciate about uh, your work. It's yes. just, not overdone. And it's just it's kinda of like the uh it's just it's just right. You know, what I mean it's just well, really Well, you know, we've we've talked a
0: lot about this too on the show about how a lot of the processing is is almost bordering on digital artistry. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's where your work, Miles, has really sort of backed off from that really heavy handed art feel and and has come back to more photography. It's just immaculately executed photography and it's not digital art.
2: Well, it's kind of you. Um, Mm -hmm. I I would, I would, I would put an asterisk on that and I would say that some (laughs) of my stuff is digital art, you know? Um, it's not, it's not meant to be uh, an exact replica of reality. I tend to fall more in the digital art category, but I, I have found myself coming, coming back around and, um, I think part of that also is when I was, uh, early on in my, there's no career, I'm not a professional photographer, but early on in my, my little photography journey, I would, I didn't have a portfolio. So I would feel like every time I had to go out, I had to make an image and regardless of the conditions, I had to come back with something. So if it, if it wasn't there in the, in, in that day, then I would make it be there through Photoshop, uh, which is fun. I mean, I, I enjoyed trying to, to learn, you know, enough about Photoshop and hone my skills to be able to do that. But I've gotten to the point now after doing this for more than a decade where I mean, my last seven trips that I've been out. I, I have not, I have not touched an image because the light wasn't there. The conditions weren't right. And I just didn't, I didn't make a photograph and that's okay to me now because I have enough images in my portfolio where i don't feel like i need to keep generating content to keep myself satisfied when it's there it's there and and now when it's not it's not
1: yeah we've we've done a podcast on this subject and i've talked extensively with oh just some of the people i know and and you know we've all come up with the same uh kind of the same uh, the same way of, of of but for photographing, and you know, if you go out and you get a photograph, great. If you don't, you had a great day, and uh, yeah. the image is kind of secondary almost. You know,
2: it, it really is, and it, and that didn't always used to be that way for me. And I've I've laughed with Brian over the years. There are a lot of nature photographers out there that will go out and take a hike in the woods, and they are just happy to take a, night, a hike in the woods. And I, I, I laugh, but I'm not that guy, or at least I wasn't that guy. I did you know. If I'm, I'm going to be out there, and I'm cold, and it's wet, and I'm, you know, getting bitten by bugs, and I don't get any sleep. I want a freaking picture, darn it! Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> so if I don't get one, that I'm bitter and I'm angry, and I want to go sit on my couch and watch, you know, Netflix instead. Right. But now that I have a nine month old, um, and my time outside is is limited to. Uh, you know, whatever time I can sneak away from, from the house or on a trip. Now, if I get out, uh, I really am just enjoying being out. And so if a picture comes with that, great. And if it doesn't, like you're saying, Jack, it's, I mean, I'm just, I'm happy to be outside
1: now. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hear you.
0: Well, the, you know, the, the awesome thing about you, Miles in a way is that your workplace takes you all over the world. Yes, it does. So very very fortunate to be uh to be laid over in areas where you, very photographic and photogenic locations.
2: Yes, and I think uh at some point I will do more of bidding for trips that are in good photographic locations. Oh, I thought you already uh, did that. I thought you already worked yeah, the angle. I, 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 the angle that I work is I bid to layover at home in Portland. That, that's my angle now. So when I can get a Portland layover and whatever else happens to the trip, if I end up in Hawaii, great. Uh, if I end up, I go to San Salvador this week, San Diego this week, um, th- those won't be photograph uh, opportunities. But but you know, down the road, I think there will be more time for that, uh, particularly as I transition to more an international schedule.
1: Yeah. Wow. So... so- Go ahead, John. No, you go, Jack. No, no. My, I guess my question was: um, when you have a layover, is it a, a day or two, or is it longer than that? So that you. It, it depends on the.
2: Yeah, it's usually not longer than that. It's usually shorter. Um, it, the domestic flying that I do now, our layovers are between you know ten and twenty four hours. Oh, okay. Uh, and I, t- I try to make the, the 24-hour ones the ones at home so I can be here with the family. Yeah. Uh, and so typically when I get to an outstation per se, like on this next trip I go to San Diego, I think I'm there for 14 hours. And it, it's just not an opportunity. Um, but down the road, uh, I'm probably a couple of years from flying the 777, which would be uh, almost exclusively international. Those layovers could be anywhere from twenty-four to, I mean, a rare, occasional seventy-two-hour layover. Usually, it's between twenty-four and thirty-two hours. And so who do you who do
1: you fly for? United. Good for you.
0: The friendly skies. You know what? You know what's got, funny? I'm, I'm sitting here, Miles. I've got a lifelong love of aviation that my dad gave me, and uh, and I want to know more about being an airline pilot than. Uh, <laughs> photography, I got all these questions <laughs> yeah. like, you know, automatic landing systems and, you know.
2: Ah, yeah. Well, we, we do. I'll, I'll, I'll indulge you on that for a second. We do have an automatic landing system. I fly the 737 right now, and it will auto land. Um, I do instruction in the airplane uh, with new captains and new hires. And so I will demonstrate to
1: them uh, an auto land. I, I saw that on the movie, Airplane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The autopilot <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, I'm not sure which
1: one What's I am. Vector, vector.
2: <laughs> am I the blow up guy or am I you know, which, which one am I? How often
0: how often do uh in practice, every day, how often do they use the automatic landing system versus manual?
2: Uh in in I've used it in Anger um probably three times in my twenty five years. Wow. All right. Yeah. We All just right. never do it. It's 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 never done. Um, we do, I'd say 99.8% of our landings are manual. Um, the only time that you'll do an automatic landing is when the visibility goes down below a half mile. And then the airplane is required to have an Autoland system unless you have a HUD, which is the, the little digital picture in display. front of you. Yep, yep. So we don't we don't see that kind of weather very often. When we do, it's up in Seattle. Uh, you know that's a that's a common one up there with the fog. But uh, it's just not something we run into very often. So ninety nine point eight percent of the landings are all done manually.
0: I thought things were getting a little bit more automated, but that's good to hear. I'm glad that there's somebody in charge other than an engineer that coded a computer.
2: Yeah, we've seen it's been it's an interesting thing uh, with the Max right now. Yeah. Um, you know you. If you really, and I really emphasize it with my students, if, if you haven't been hand-flying, you're going to hand-fly when you're flying with me because it's in, it's imperative. <laughs> if something goes wrong, that you're ready. And around the world, there's just a lot of inexperienced pilots that just can't handle the, the most basic of something going wrong. And it's it behooves us to make sure we're still able to fly the airplane. So I, I fly every leg quite a bit.
0: So so the next time, those folks that are listening, the next time you guys fly, fly United and request Miles as your pilot.
2: Absolutely. And, and I'll throw out my hat for tips.
1: <laughs> yeah. <Amazing. laughs> yeah. My, John, can you hear me okay? Yeah, I sure can, Jack. Okay, so we're back. Miles, I won't take the, the, the viewers, the listeners' time up, but at some point, um, I'll tell you, I, I, I used to fly a, a you know, little Cessna and stuff out, out around New York when I lived on the East Coast. I, and then I got divorced, and I couldn't afford that anymore. But I, I'll tell you about the time I flew a, a 172 under the George Washington Bridge. Cool. Now yeah. that's... Yeah, that gets yeah. you shot down today, but that sounds like fun. Yeah, well, that was before nine eleven, and yeah. it was a whole different world. Anyhow, enough flying. I, a week, John and I could talk to you forever on that. Yeah. Um, tell us about what, what what are you using, what kind of equipment. And This is not an equipment podcast. So we're sure. trying to stay away from that. But somebody's going to ask, you know, uh, what, what what kind of gear you're, you're using. Well,
2: I I went to Nikon about, oh, I don't know, five years ago. I had been Canon, and I went to Nikon uh, just because the dynamic range was so superior, Uh, and the noise, the digital noise, I find in Nikon to be so much easier to um, to sort of save than the Canon. So I've got the got the D eight fifty, and then the kind of the holy trinity of lenses: the fourteen twenty four twenty four seventy seventy two hundred, and then I also got an eighty to four
1: hundred. So. Canon just announced last week. We were talking about it that they're gonna, you know, they're not gonna bring out any new uh, DSLR lenses. They'll keep making the ones they have, but uh, ongoing, it's gonna be all mirrorless. Have you thought about mirrorless at all?
2: I have actually. I've, I've been. I, it's funny you say that. If I if I didn't have a nine month old that I gotta pay for, I probably would have picked up a Z seven um, with the with the appropriate lenses because for travel, I mean, it's just great.
1: Hey, wait on that. Uh, i'm
2: book. going to yeah wait wait on that the, what's your what's your reasoning
1: um they're going to improve that camera i think quite a okay. bit it, it's 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 a good camera but have you shot with it no i'm a fuji x photographer so i'm the i'm, I'm the okay. i'm not the one to talk i, I have my uh i uh drunk the fuji film kool-aid which is a amazingly great system but you know i mean canon's new stuff is okay i think and of course, Sony stuff. I mean, I have to tell you, I tell my clients on my workshops that if your images aren't good, it's not the camera. It's not the camera. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah. You yeah, know, right. There's not a camera made in the last four or five years, you know, say a $500 on up camera with good glass yeah. that can't take a perfectly sellable photograph. Yeah, if it's done correctly. And maybe I I should include the iPhone in that too by the way. Oh,
0: iPhone's yes.
1: amazing. Yeah. You know. Okay, so you're a you're, you're you're the 850 is is more than more than more than most humans need and and uh, the, the folks said it's not the 850 its miles uh, mm-hmm. talent. Um processing. Yes. Uh are, are you doing anything other than the normal? I mean, uh, no, not really. I, I I've done,
2: um, you know, I do. I don't really use Lightroom because I'm I'm old school and not smart enough to figure that up, that program out. So um, I use Adobe Camera Raw, which is basically the same engine, yep. uh, without the without the great cataloging. Um, and then I bring it into Photoshop and I use uh, Tony Kuiper's actions uh, called the TK Seven Panel uh, and use those and the the big. The big driver behind those are the luminosity masks, which, for those uh, of your listeners who aren't familiar with a luminosity mask, it's just a way of selecting the a, a various luminosity or brightness level or darkness level in your image, and just making a targeted adjustment to that level of brightness or darkness. And so I spent a lot of time doing that, and I'll dodge and burn through those layers or uh, you know make color adjustments through those layers. And that's kind of, that's sort of where it lies. I don't really have any, um, any super fancy, uh, you know, stuff that I use. Um, occasionally I'll run into a situation where I, I need to up res an image for print or I, I miss the focus and I want to try to sharpen it. And in the Topaz labs, I use those, uh, the artificial intelligence engines for a couple of those things, but they're pretty, they're pretty rare occurrences for me.
0: Nice, yeah. I've been using uh, I've been using Tony's actions for about five five or six years now, and I I can't live without them. I can't live without them. I find Literally. them indispensable.
2: Yep, it's it's. I mean, it's what I use on every image, on almost every step of the image for a yeah. variety of things.
0: Yeah, I would agree. Nice, nice. How about uh, how about filters? Are you still using filters? Out in the field? No, I'm
2: it's funny you say that you know i really i I will occasionally use a polarizer um if i'm going out into the you know into the uh waterfalls or or whatnot but um and if i need an nd to you know if i want to streak water or something and i and i just can't get the the shutter speed slow enough but i don't use filters um and and that's another reason why i really like uh, the d850 um man you can shoot and as long as you protect the highlights the shadows can be almost black and I can recover them. So the days of blending exposures are are really almost gone. And so with that has gone the sort of the split ND filter. Um, I just don't, I don't use any of that anymore. It just, I don't need to, it's, it's just an incredible piece of kit and the technology there is um, like Jack said, I mean, you're not, you know, you're not creating images that are spec that are special just because you're shooting with a D850, right. But what it does allow you to do is, is really reduce the amount of work that you need to do later. Um, get it right or, in the camera. Yeah. If you can get it right in the camera, boy, that sure helps things. And I mean, if you don't have to, you know, back when I was shooting Canon, I, I would have to, I'd have to shoot five different exposures of the same scene and then try to blend it or else the, the, the uh, shadows got so noisy that it was just, it, it wouldn't it wouldn't print with you know you'd look at it and think ah it's just that's just junky but now it's i mean truly you can do it with one shot for most things as long as you don't have to
1: focus stack you know what uh, john have we uh published sean's uh podcast yet yes okay so miles we did a podcast like we're doing with you with uh mr bagshaw Mr. Bagshaw. Who has uh, done some great videos on those luminosity masks for folks who are uh, using them. Um, I buy them. I buy them. Every time Tony comes out with a new one, I buy right. Sean's videos. Great yeah. tutorials. Mm-hmm. A little plug for Sean's yeah. a good guy. Great teacher. Sean's a
2: great guy. Yep. He is, you know, it's funny you guys say that because while I was uh, this morning waiting to get online with you folks, I, uh, I was making sure my headphones worked, and so I went on the YouTube and the first – uh, you know, Sean is my go-to, and he was doing this night sky tutorial. And I thought, well, yeah, I'll just watch this for a while. And, then, you know, 15 minutes into it, I was like, holy cow, I, where did the day go? He's just a really great instructor.
0: Hey, for your for your nightscaper presentation, you what can a uh, sequ- just play Sean's video.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what a great lead-in. I don't even have to show up. No. That's
1: genius. Let's yeah. uh, let's Now that we mentioned it, what a great lead-in. Yeah, uh, well. Let's talk about that. Uh, Miles, you're you're uh, quite an accomplished uh, star and night photographer, and I know you're going to be uh, doing a presentation. Let's talk. Let, let everybody know about that.
2: Yeah, the the 2020 Nightscaper Conference is down in Kanab, Utah. Roy Spare uh, and his Nightscapers group are putting that on. Uh, it's just like a heat. bunch of ziggers. It is. It's probably going to be a bunch of singers. And maybe actually, <laughs> maybe I should sing my presentation. Now, yeah. you, now that, now that has got some merit. I, I Russ
1: may... Baird and his nightscapers.
2: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right here on stage. We've got to just have, bring the dancing, you know, the dancing bear. And we're going to be, yeah. we're going to be quite the, the hit.
1: You could sing Fly Me to the Moon. Yes.
2: I like it. That's there genius. You there you go. Well, higher, you higher see you'll, you'll, you'll be there. You could be like Royce and get get a you know get a finder's fee for that one. He's Frank Sinatra and Miles Morgan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: <laughs> well, oh, talk, uh, talk about this a little bit because it's a really interesting group. I, I know of it. Um, I'm not particularly a, a, a night. Uh, escape photographer like a lot of folks are I, I like to do it but this is a great group but t- talk about what it's about and and what you're going to talk about
2: well you know the, i why i'm going i have no idea i mean it makes no sense to me why somebody would ask me to present anything to anybody but oh stop uh, <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I mean I'm, I'm happy to go uh, i was honored to be asked and it's I, uh, what i like about it is it's it's a uh, a bunch of pretty heavy hitters in the, in the night community, which I'm, I'm not one of, I mean, I do enjoy night shots, but it's, it's not my primary focus, but um, they've got, you know, Brad Goldpaint's going to be there. There's a guy named Yuri Beletsky. Who's a, uh, a, I think he's down in South America. Who's quite accomplished uh, Ben Canales Royce, obviously um, Dave Kingman. There's a, a bunch of guys that are going to be down there giving presentations, uh, and mine's going to be called a variety, finding variety in the night sky. Um, and the idea behind it is, uh, you know, some people just, when they think of night sky photography, they think of the Milky way. And uh, I, I've seen a lot of shots of the Milky way and I've taken quite a few shots of the Milky way, but to me, it's one of of the, the less interesting components of night sky photography. So, uh, I I've done, you know, lunar eclipses, solar eclipses, uh, where I've managed to get the dynamic range up to get a couple stars in the shot. Um, the, uh, some Milky Way shots. I, I tried my my hand at deep sky, you know, space photography, got a little tracker and put my 400 millimeter on there and shot Andromeda, which was mm. that. It, you got to be when you start getting into the programming uh, of, the, of the programs that process those images, you better be the biggest. Geek that has ever walked because I don't understand anything they're talking about, uh, so I, I flatter my way through that. But there's a what, lot of different the, things. Do
1: they use stuff other than Adobe. What, what do they use? Yeah,
2: yeah, they do. They they've got their own. It's called the the, the sort of the Photoshop of deep sky astro is called PixInsight. and it's you're using things Sigma Delta, you know, Zulu gammas that I sure whatever you say guys i no idea what they're talking about uh way way above my intellect level and they're really into it and i think you know if you get a telescope and a real serious tracking system and you start processing these hugely faint images of deep space astro it's a whole thing that would you might as well start from zero uh, truly uh and if if you're into that, it's great. I, I got my little picture of Andromeda, and I thought, yeah, that's good enough for me. I, I'm gonna try to fine tune it and go shoot it again and get a little bit better quality, uh, uh, you know, with a 600 millimeter f4. But I'm certainly not gonna get into that whole new genre of photography.
0: Yeah, you'll be launching a, uh, a satellite here pretty
2: soon to take pictures. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A little Hubble. I'll mount something to the top of the plane.
1: Yeah, yeah. So what is the – I know this is a very basic question, but, but I, I get it all the time, and, and, and I, I kind of have an idea, but I'm not a genius like some of you guys. How do you correctly photograph a full moon coming up, say, over uh, Monument Valley, for example? Moon's big well, and bright, full moon, it's a big, huge thing. Well, the beauty of a full moon is it, it
2: rises at sunset so your right. your the light levels it's kind of like shooting lava. The light levels are they they're you know they they work well together. Um, they have a nice symbiotic relationship where you're not if you're exposing for the moon, you're not totally blowing out the moon, and you know then the whole landscape goes dark. Uh, where if you try to shoot the moon later on in the night. All, all you're getting is moon or all you're getting is a big white blob if you're shooting right. for the landscape. Right. Um, so that, t- that t- to me is the benefit of shooting a full moon versus sort of a, you know, either a half moon or something like that where it's, by the time the moon comes up, it's, it's already completely black. Um, I did figure out, a, well, figuring out, I mean, it's not like I'm some genius, but, uh, when I shot the lunar eclipse, um, And that's shot somewhere on my website. I think it's under new additions. But if you want to reference this at home, um, I was thinking to myself, well, I've seen a bunch of lunar eclipse shots. There's nothing spectacular about them. But I did see one guy that had a bunch of stars in the shot. And I thought, well, shoot, that's kind of neat. It's kind of like a full night sky, which is sort of how you see it. Right. When you look at a lunar eclipse, you're seeing the full night sky. With a lot of stars, and then the mm-hmm. and then the the blood moon right in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. The camera doesn't see that. So in order to expose for the moon correctly, the sky is dark enough where you're picking up a couple stars, but you're not picking up the night sky. So I thought, well, let me let me see if I can't figure this out. So what I did was I waited till the full blood moon, and I was actually at my grandmother in law's in her back porch. Um, which is a great place to shoot because she has snacks inside, so you know you can run in between. That's <laughs> Um So, what I did was I waited till we got the full blood moon, and then I exposed for the moon um, several images, and then I and then I just exposed as I normally would on a dark night. So ISO 3200. Um, you know, now I was shooting at 200 millimeters, so I'm certainly not getting my 30 you know, 30 second exposure, but right. uh, wide open and, wide and open. for I think it was, I don't know, eight seconds or something to, to, to keep the stars from trailing. And then I think I cranked it to ISO 6,400. And with the, you know, the noise reduction capabilities these days, it's pretty spectacular. Mm-hmm. So that did, even though the moon was fully eclipsed, it still blew the moon <laughs> out of it. But then in Photoshop, all, all I did was I took an exposure of the moon that worked and, brought that into the exposure of the stars where the the moon was kind of blown out. And there was a, you know, there's, there's some fringing around that, right? So that the blowout of the moon just sort of leaks into the night sky. Mm -hmm. But if you just take the moon, put it over the blown out moon and then slightly scale it up to cover that fringing, then you have the shot, which is a little bit more realistic to the eye, not realistic to the camera. But by just scaling it up, you know, 10%, I could cover that fringing and then get the effect that I wanted, which is the the full eclipse, but still in a full night sky. Yeah, I'm
1: looking at it as we speak, and it's beautiful. Oh, thanks.
2: Yeah, so that was sort of my take on that, which is a little bit different than the standard eclipse shot. Um, But And that that was the only time that I've ever shot, uh, you know, the, the moon for the sake of shooting the moon itself, um, but I have shot the full moon. And, and like I said, when that happens at sunset, which it always does that, that actually works out well, the light levels. Do you, do you,
1: do you underexpose that a little bit? Is that, yeah,
2: I under, I underexpose almost everything now. Um, yeah. as long as, as long as the, the, the brightest highlight is protect is barely protected for me. Then with, with today's sensors, I just, you know, I bring the shadows, up quite a bit in the raw file and it'll work
1: Mm -hmm. now it's 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 a uh, you know the night night photography is a lot of fun but you have to really be careful of things and again I try to only shoot stars and stuff when I have some kind of foreground or some kind of something in it other than just the milky way yeah agreed you know excellent excellent so you're going to be down there in in canada but that's when uh in may Uh, may 20th to 22nd yeah yeah i'm looking forward to it i think it's going to be a fun
2: it'll be one it's a chance for me it'll be the first chance i get to go out and shoot in a long
1: time you better uh uh, better play with your camera in your living room a little bit (laughs) remember where You you have no idea I was out there
2: with an intervalometer the other day trying to get that to work, and I thought, um, "How does this work again?" Uh, yeah. yeah, no, no clue. I, <laughs> I'm gonna have to start over.
1: Yeah, you fly an airplane. <laughs> <the> <laughs> can't turn on, is, Can't turn my camera on. Is, is a disaster. So, <laughs> other than that, what else do you have? You have some other things coming up. I hope you got to get. Yeah, out I got
2: a couple more trips. I got, I got, which is good. This last year, I literally have taken none, and that's that's. I think anybody that's a new parent understands that. Um, especially when I travel for a living, my poor wife is you know solo for four days at a time, and I come home and she needs some help. So I'm certainly not going to go out on a photo trip. But I am I'm heading out um, with my uh, my best buddy Ryan Dyer, who's kind of my my mentor. Uh, we're going to go out in the beginning of October, I think, um, down to Hanksville. We we shot there before, uh, and kind of have unfinished business. We did not have a vehicle that could get us. Deep enough
1: um, back into the sandstone to the area we w- really wanted to check out. So, folks, for you, those of you who don't know, Hanksville is in uh, southern Utah. Uh, yes. On the way uh, down to all the national parks down there, it's this little little town. But there's so many things around it; it's endless. It's in, it's incredible down there, and it, there's
2: some stuff that's very accessible. Uh, but there is there's a couple of areas that we've scouted that we really want to get into. But I, I didn't have I had a rental you know, rental four wheel drive, but it was a yeah. rental. So I'm going to take my truck down there and we're, we're yeah. going to stomp it in the back country. So that I'm really excited about. And then uh, at the end of October, Ryan and I are going to join uh, David Thompson, who's a Las Vegas photographer and a, a, a hell of a shooter uh, and a very funny guy, just a, a wonderful human. Uh, we're going to go down and join him uh, in the Louisiana area for some swamp photography. He's kind of become a swamp guru, uh, incredible images from down there. So I've invited myself to that trip. Take your, uh, take your penicillin before you go. Yeah, and your snake bite kit. And- yeah. I'm going to have, you, I'll be in a full suit of armor because I'm not, I'm not good with any of that. So, yeah. uh, um, but I'm really looking forward to that. It's it's been I've been seeing his images from the last four or five years from there, and thinking, man, I need to yeah. need to give that a shot. Yeah, so. he's
0: he's really doing a good job in that. I mean, the the cypress trees and the hanging moss down there are yep. so yep. beautiful, and they're and they're undershot. I mean, there's not a lot of people doing that kind of stuff right now.
2: It's going to be interesting to see. It's you bring up an, a a fascinating. I mean, you could talk about a whole podcast about it's undershot now. Yeah. And it, what it takes is, you know, it takes somebody like David to go out there and make some really special images. And all of a sudden it becomes not under shot anymore.
1: Boom. It,
2: and, it, I, mean, it, I know we, a few of us have seen that all around in the
1: last 10 years. I mean, we, like recorded, uh, we recorded a podcast last week with Darren White, you know, yeah. Darren, yeah. and uh, he brought up the fact of how great band and beaches and, how how desolate it could be and how empty it could be and what a great place it is and i think i interjected i said it's horrible it's so crowded it's miserable. <laughs> stay away don't come near it it's just hey mis- you know
2: i yeah absolutely it's a miserable place there's there's uh there's there's dragons
1: there and it rains well, but, all yeah, the time well, what, what was was the yogi-ism? no one goes to that restaurant anymore because it's sure. so crowded you can never get in
2: Right, right. <laughs> hey, Darren. You know, it, it's it's ironic that you bring his name up on this topic because Darren, frankly, put Thor as well on the map. Yeah, he did. Absolutely, he did. He, he did. And it, it, what's interesting about it is, I don't think it was his shot that mm-hmm. made it go completely viral, but his shot is what inspired uh, the shots that were out there. He's, yeah. as far as I know, he's the first guy that shot that, yeah. and. You know he got a couple of a couple of photographers that shot it, myself included, but I don't think my shot inspired anybody but um you know all of a sudden that place is it's on the map for
1: God's sake, it's on yeah. Google
2: Maps, the store yeah. as well yeah, and that's because Darren found it, and you can't go
1: there now i i, mean, I yeah. won't even there. you can't park There's only you know twenty parking spaces that's right. And I love to watch people back out on the one-on-one with somebody coming around that curve. It's so Exactly. But I'll tell you what, I found a new one. Okay. And there's a, uh, just south of Depot Bay, I was there for Christmas, there's a little uh, parking area called Boiler Bay. Yep, I've been to the Boiler. Yep. And there is a as well there, except they put a, a big uh, metal fence around it out on the rocks. It's 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 not it's kind of not as dramatic a as Thor's well, but it's yeah. almost. Same. And yeah. uh, in the winter, when those waves come big in there, it, it, it does the same thing. But you can't get down on it because they put this gate around it, as they should. Because I, I just heard someone, uh, John, I don't know if you heard this, a uh, father and two kids got that swept of, uh, out yeah. at uh, South, yeah. the Cannon Beach yesterday, I guess. And
2: both we, yeah, yeah, I was at Cannon ago.
1: Beach and the yesterday, and uh, we heard that somebody got
2: so yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've yeah. been,
0: you know, I've been going to Thorswell for about 40 years. Even but before photography, I kind of grew up in that area and I've seen people get absolutely pummeled at that location um ever <laughs> since I was a kid and folks, if you go out there, please respect the ocean.
1: Be very careful. Yes. Oh man. Uh, the it's problem so is the good light is at sunset, okay, and yep. it's about a twenty four millimeter shot, maybe yeah you got to get right up to get up. it right, and you got to get yep. right up, and you know, you know it's just i 'm not doing That's it anymore nasty. no yeah'm so well, done
0: M- miles let me let me you know one of the things I appreciated about you early on, besides your amazing photography was your self deprecating humor and the stories <laughs> that you would write of your adventures with Ryan. And dude, have you ever written? You should write a book. I always thought about that. You should write a book of your short stories.
2: You know, it's funny. I, uh, I've I've heard that before, which is a, it's a very flattering compliment, and I and I appreciate it. Um, I do like to write and spin a yarn, uh, so to speak. Um, Though nothing, I mean, you want to talk when the the story? If you if you're interested, go on my Instagram account. Uh, I think it's just Miles Morgan Photography, and there's a shot of the Kofa. Mountains and some some chola cactus in front of it and read read that story because i i, I mean, when you have plucked cactus quills one inch from your friend's bottom uh you, you're plucking that. quills out of their ass i mean
1: that is that's going all the yeah, way and those and those quills, by the way, are barbed oh and, and, uh, yeah. and i I, I shave my head, so I don't have any hair. <laughs> but I carry I carry a comb with me in yeah, my yes. truck because if you pull those out and you're going to kill yourself, you have to yep. comb them out. Just... That's right. <laughs> and, yeah. and, they, and you can walk 10 feet away and they just jump on you. They, they jump, jump on you. Them, they call them yeah. jumping cactus down there. Folks, the they, nastiest they, thing in the world.
0: They are. They are. Yep. But seriously, guys, if you want to laugh, visit. Visit some of Miles' writing. I mean, I'd, I'd I'd visit your stuff, Miles, not for your photography, but just kind of <laughs> laugh my ass off at uh, at some of the adventures and the you know the chocolate chip cookies and the cactuses and yeah, stuff like you. that. Hilarious! I, I appreciate that. I,
2: I started a blog on my on my website, which I I will try to keep up with a little bit and, and just sort of have a place, a landing place for my stories. And I actually have thought that at some point I may. Put them into a, a a photography book of some sort. Um, I'm just the problem is is that I'm really lazy. So well, yeah. yeah, no, join the crowd. <laughs> yeah,
0: I think all of us are. I mean, there's more projects than time these days. Yes,
2: yes, I, and I'm very, I, I am very, very fortunate that I don't have to rely on my mediocre photography to to feed my family because otherwise I, we'd all starve. Um, and so I don't. I don't need to do anything to make money, which is, which is great. I can just do the photography for the fun of it. Um, so the book, the book thing would have to be a, a, a sort of a passion project. And uh, the time's not time gets away from me for that. But, but down the road, at some point, I think, I think I may, if, if I can keep stories in my memory, that's the other thing.
1: Hello. Well, record hey, well, them, record them and have somebody uh, trans trans yeah, or copy stri- them I, out
0: of your Instagram feed, or just just keep a running word document of everything you write, and eventually you can compile that.
1: Yeah, you know what the funny thing is, Miles. I I, I guarantee you and John, you'll feel the same way. Some of the funniest things, I mean, it, it's just hilarious stuff has happened in the field, but it it's just it's like nobody believe it. it. It's just
2: yeah. like <laughs> you can
1: talk about some of this stuff and. you know just just funny things and it just it's it's you know between my music business and this geez, a book it'd it'd probably end up in some uh some it would probably it it would be x-rated probably (laughs) you could end up in some alternate library yeah yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) yeah well listen it was just a pleasure maybe we should have miles on in a few months and just We'll just, tell story, yeah. just tell stories.
2: If you want me, you know, if you, I can. I got stories about diaper changing for days. Excellent. If you guys want to know, I'll have it all documented.
1: Yeah, I got yeah. it. <clears throat> I bet you never had has, the, has your nine year old uh, thrown mm-hmm. up in your mouth yet? I well, nine month old. Nine month old. Uh, she she has not, but
2: she's thrown up all all over my face.
1: Yeah. But I, I my when my son was about three months old. I picked him up and he just puked right in my face. It was, <laughs> yeah. it was kind of a metaphor for life, you know. Yes, God. it's downhill from here. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyhow, it was great having you. And, folks, if, if thank you, thank have, you gentlemen. have not seen Miles Morgan's work, just go to his website and send him a note. Tell him to get his uh, rear end out in the field and, <laughs> and, and, uh, and Make do more. some more work so we can appreciate it.
2: Yeah. Well, I'm I'm honored to be, uh, to join you, gentlemen. I'm, I've been a fan for a long
1: time, so thank you very much for having me. Well, this goes mutual. Yeah, very Not much. so much for John, but, uh, you know, that's. Uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, I'm going to sign off. Miles, it's been a pleasure. John, uh, I will talk to you at some point here always, coming up.
0: Thanks, Jack, it's been a pleasure. Miles, uh, thank you very much for taking thanks, the Thanks, guys.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I enjoyed it very much. We'll do it again. All
2: right. Take care, gents. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.